Stuart Holman here. Good to be with you again for another week of daily devotionals in our Growing Disciples course. As the name suggests, we're all about developing as followers of Jesus Christ, people who are not merely learning about Jesus, like learning all the parts of a science curriculum. Instead of learning about Jesus, we are learning Jesus. He's the curriculum. We want to know him truly, personally, in a way that changes us. We want to be his disciples. That's why we've slowed right down in our progress through the Bible when we get to the Gospels, because we really want to ensure that we are hearing Jesus on his own terms. And so it's, it's no surprise that we're going to spend a second week in the parables of Jesus. Last week, we looked at several of Jesus' parables in Mark's Gospel. And this week, we're zooming in on Luke's Gospel, but particularly an important part of Luke's Gospel for those who want to be disciples of Jesus. In the broad narrative of Luke's Gospel, there is a significant turning point in chapter 9, verse 51, where we read, As the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. From then on, Jesus' focus turns toward calling, teaching, and training his disciples. And for this purpose, he employs some of his best-known parables, the parables of the lost sheep, the prodigal son, the shrewd manager, the camel and the eye of the needle, and today's parable, the Good Samaritan. Now, all these well-known parables are aimed at calling, refining, training, and equipping disciples of Jesus. And so turning now to Luke chapter 10, as Jesus is now on the road to Jerusalem. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So the launch point for this parable is an expert in the law and he's asking his question. And it's kind of easy to take a negative view of this man up front, uh, but we should remember that as an expert in the law of Moses, he was also a defender of the truth for his village or synagogue or his town or even his nation. We look to our thinkers and our experts to test out any new teacher that appears on the scene. And the question that he asks is a standard test of orthodoxy. So his question may well be a genuine question from a scholar and leader who is doing his job. And so the conversation with Jesus continues. What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Now things are going pretty well in this conversation, but only up to a point. Now, the scholar's answer brought together two very important parts of the Old Testament. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then Leviticus 19, verse 18, love your neighbor. It was a textbook answer to a textbook question. Except that Jesus had flipped the question back on the lawyer, perhaps because the lawyer wanted to be asking the questions with Jesus under the microscope, and certainly because the lawyer wanted to come out on top to be seen to be in the right. The dialogue 
continues in verse 29. But he, that is the lawyer, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? That's the crunch question that actually triggers the parable of the Good Samaritan, a parable told, I think, for the benefit of disciples and, and would-be disciples listening in as much as for the teacher of the law. But Jesus' answer is colored by the lawyer's attempted self-justification. Will the lawyer, who was no doubt highly respected for his compliance with the law of Moses, will the lawyer meet Jesus' standards? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan... And remember how much the Jews and the Samaritans despised each other. A Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Couldn't actually label him a Samaritan, could he? Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. So the parable launched with the lawyer asking for a more precise definition of just who was his neighbour, which the law of Moses said he was obligated to love. But the discussion has morphed because what the lawyer now wants to know is what's the minimum standard of obligation to be met? If Jesus defines neighbour as these people but not those people, well then the bar is set. All the lawyer has to do, and all we have to do, is to jump high enough to get over that bar. And if we do, we have fulfilled all righteousness. We have done the law of Moses, and we could get comfortable in God's good books. But Jesus' answer in this parable turns the question back upon the questioner. Again, the parable causes us to ask, well, do I behave as a neighbour? parable doesn't define the minimum standard for love or for acceptance into God's kingdom or for neighborliness. Rather, it asks about the quality and character of our love for God and for our neighbor. The pointy bit at the end of the parable is not the stinging kindness of the Samaritan, but rather the command to go and do likewise. You know, I, too often we land this parable with some remarks about Pharisees and Samaritans. And it misses Jesus' point. His point is, go and do. That's where this parable ends. We're called to enact the love of God for whomever we have opportunity to love. In a sense, 
It matters little whom we love. Far more importantly, it matters that we love, that we go and do likewise. So as disciples of Jesus, it is the character and quality of our love that matters most. The quality of our love is to mirror that of Jesus' love. Instead of descending into guilty feelings at this moment, remembering how many times we've all fallen short, instead of that, let's remember for now that we are learners. We are in process. We, we want to grow to become. Today's reminder from a well-known parable comes to us actually as an opportunity to grow as disciples, learners. I wonder who each of us might have opportunity to love today. Who is it that will inconveniently come across our path? Yeah, love is really only love when it costs us time and energy and effort and inconvenience. Isn't that true? I pray that you and I will know when our opportunity to love someone is upon us and that we will have the wisdom to act upon it in the best interest of that person, that we will delight to excel in love rather than hope to meet a minimum obligation. Why don't you pray today about your readiness to love?